You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Hey everybody, this is Ted DiBiase, the Eight on Man. If you want to get your money's worth, stay right here because you're listening to Knockouts and Recaps. And remember, everybody's got a price. This is Don West here, and I'm telling you, Knockouts and Three Counts is the podcast, baby! Make sure that's the one you check out, because, buddy, like me, there's a real deal, baby! This is Jake the State Roberts, just letting you know, you need to listen to Knockouts and Three Counts, or you'll see that damn slinky again. This is the Ring of Honor World Television Champion, a.k.a. Shane T, boy, the baddest champion you've ever seen, boy, and you're listening to Knockouts and Three Counts. What up, though, everybody? This is Kyle, and you are back watching, listening, consuming, whatever the fuck you're doing, you're listening to Knockouts and Three Counts, and we appreciate you. We had quite the weekend. Corey, uh, how the hell are you doing, man? Doing good, man. Uh, a little bit of a delayed start uh, on this week's episode, but other than that, man, hanging in there. What about you? Hey, man, I'm doing all right. I kind of wish I was still in Florida right now, but uh, I'm doing all right. I had a pretty damn good weekend, thanks to past guests of the show, Mega Ran, and you're still AEW world champion, Kenny Omega, for the tickets and letting me go to AEW Revolution. First off, I definitely got to talk about that a little bit. Just like the the experience itself, man, it was uh dude, it was it was dope. Like I said, it was uh it was truly cool. Like I said, if you're following us at any of our social medias as you should be at KO3C Pod, you can follow me at Detroit Knockout and him at Fight Fan from the three one three. Uh you would see that we just had our buddy Mega Ran on the show this past Thursday, and if you missed it, you can check it out in that top right corner. We were talking about how he made the theme song that you heard at the beginning of AEW Revolution, which, if I do say so myself, which, hey, if I forgot to mention, the world premiere of the full song was here on this here show. So you can check it out at that link in the top right-hand corner. Uh, But when we got to the arena, man, to hear his song, he was the song for the beginning of the countdown, and then they played it uh, before the pay-per-view started. Um, Solely... Away from that, I mean, just as a friend, man, like, it was so dope, like, to be there and experience him get, you know, his stuff, you know, being out there like that. It was really cool. But I got there on Saturday, and first of all, it's fucking bullshit. That's three times I went to warm weather state, and three times it wasn't hot. I didn't ever get to wear my shorts, my tank top. None of it. I feel jipped. Uh, you're, Just bringing, you're bringing that Michigan weather with you everywhere you go, huh? Well, no, I didn't because I got home and it was fucking 62 here. So clearly I didn't take it with me. So I just feel like I got gypped. But now that I've gotten my rant about the weather out of the way, <laughs> um, yeah, 
like I said, dude, it was great. Like I got to, we just got there, chilled out a little bit. Um, it was really cool. Isaiah Swerve Scott, which if you guys have been following us for a little bit, you know that we had Teasy Scott from Swerve City Podcast on the show. Well, his partner in crime, Mr. Isaiah Swerve Scott from WWE NXT came through. We got to kick it with him for a little bit, and we're watching the fights. And if you've been following us on social media, you would see your boy got some new ink right there. See that? It looked like the, it looked like the angle was hard to pull off there. Yeah, it really was because it kind of wraps around my arm, so, you know. But, yeah, shout out to the American Kaiju, Lindsey Snow. Um, I got to uh, go there and get tattooed while we were watching the fights, and I won a three-fight parlay while I was sitting in the tattoo chair. And make sure you've hit that subscribe button because there's a full video of the whole tattoo process. Um, there might be a little bit of familiar music if you were following along last week. And, yeah, it was it was cool, man. We were just shooting the shit, chilling at the, uh, shooting the shit, chilling, and uh, Swerve was showing us his pig. It, you know, it was crazy. <laughs> his pig? Yes. Did I hear that right? Yes. This man has a full-on pig. Wow. He has a full-on pig. Like, he was it's showing us pig. It's not a miniature or anything like that. It's a full... So he said that it's going to be, uh, you know, he said that it's going to be a, um, you know, it's going to be a, a skinnier pig. So I don't know if that means it's a miniature or what, but like, yeah, he showed us full on okay. pictures. Uh, yes, ladies and gents, Swerve Scott has, uh, Swerve Scott has a pig. So make sure you check out his Instagram. But, uh. Yeah, so we were chilling. He was showing us his pig, and uh, Lindsay's dogs were just loving life because there was a million and one people in there. And uh, I was getting tattooed all while watching the fight. So uh, it that, was cool. that's, Hell, that's quite the memory to uh, to be able to hold with you. Were you able to watch? Uh, oh yeah, I watched all the pay per view throughout. I watched all of them, and we were watching the prelims and. That I mean, dude, that was insane. We're going to get to the UFC fights and break down our thoughts in a little bit. But, yeah, dude, it was cool. We just kicked it and watched the fights. Um, I had a free fight parlay. I bet on Dominic Cruz. I bet on Aljo. Thank God for the disqualification. And Amanda Nunez. So, your boy came up. Bet 25 bucks came up 122. I, I know you say you want to touch on the fights here in a little bit, but can we just, since you brought it up, can we call Petra Ian as dumb as dumb could be for throwing that knee in the position that he did? hundred percent you can. Because, I mean, good Lord. I mean, he, as a self-admitted going into the fight, I was a big Aljamain Sterling fan. Still am. Still run for the guy. I actually feel like given uh, what he was able to do in the first fight and kind of going into a second one, possibly having uh, – a little bit of the nervous energy out of the way, I feel like he'll be able to do a lot better in the second fight. But uh, that being said, Petrian was still winning. Um, I had it personally. Uh, Petrian was up two rounds in my book to one for Aljamain Sterling at that point before they had uh, the unfortunate uh, stoppage there in the uh, fourth round. And, man, like I said, you just got to call a spade a spade sometimes, and you, sometimes you got to call a dumbass a dumbass. And Petrayan, man, come on! You may, you, you're you're telling me you've you've been in uh, 
MMA across multiple promotions and have a, a very, very great record across them. Only one loss before this, and now here you are giving yourself your second one in a UFC title fight because you weren't sure that you weren't supposed to be, uh, throw knees to somebody's face when they were down on their knees. Here's the thing. I mean, Hold on a minute. This motherfucker looked at his coach. He looked at his coach, looked back. The referee clearly said, he's on the ground, and said, he must die. Meet the face. <laughs> like, dude. It, it was like, like, you could, like, I was watching, I believe it was Dominic Cruz that was saying it. And he kind of was saying exactly what I had, how I had felt in the moment was like, you could, uh, you could see him almost think about it. Put his hand on the back of his neck, think about it again, look at his corner, think about it some more, and then throw it. It was like, you could see the whole thought process and everything like, ah, I shouldn't, I don't think I can. Uh, You know what, maybe I can. I'm not sure, you know what, I'm going to. And then, you know what, the fight's over. And it's just like, what what an unfortunate way to, to... and a fight that I was so hyped up for, it honestly really took away a lot of my uh, my hype on the rest of the night. It really made, like, the card not unwatchable or anything like that, but it just made it so much harder to have my emotions in it like I normally would. Um, man, that was man. Just... we were watching that there, and it's like, I'm not saying, look, I didn't really think the title should have changed hands, but at the same time, I'm not one for, you know, fights being ended off of one shot. But, dude, that was a bad shot. Yeah. And even if they didn't stop it, you can't tell me that that shot doesn't change that fight. Well, what, exactly. It, There's what are you no gonna do? way that what fight What are you going to do? Are you going to take away one point and expect it to be like, like oh, that's fair or something like that? But it, it's not, though, because he's going to stand up. That's what I mean. That's, that's, I'm being sarcastic. Yeah. That's what I'm saying is because he stands up. Well, just to clarify for anybody who might have not, you know, he stands up, they take a point away, they, maybe they give him the full five minutes. He's still fuzzy as could be. I mean, you've seen him in Aljamain Sterling and this somehow makes it to you. Stop doing all these damn interviews, man. Give it a week or two. Let the uh, media hype die down a little bit, please, because you're not doing yourself any favors out there, and this is a fan. I preference that beforehand. Um, but... That post, uh, post-fight post interview that he did while still semi-concussed and stuff like that, man, it was just, he's not doing himself any favors. He needs to just sit back, relax, give it, like like I said, about a month. And all these media. pictures with the belt, like with the fuck you balloon, like why? why? You didn't beat the man. Like, well, it was, well, it was, it was a, a funk for Whatever, Master, man. but... I know. I could see how it could be misconstrued. Whatever, man. You but, know what he meant. Yeah. And if you read the caption, he's like to all of you who say, I don't deserve this. Come on, man. You know what he meant. And look, yeah. I'm not even saying I blame the man for feeling that way. But what I'm saying here is that you did not straight up beat the man. No. You did and, and, I'm and, not mad that you won because you made me 122 bucks. <laughs> Thank you, sir. But... At the same time, you didn't straight up beat him. I'm not mad that you no. had the title, and I believe you should have won that fight because that's bullshit. Yeah. But 
you I mean, just can't, can't man again. You though. can't so blatantly break the rules like that and have no real consequences. I understand. You can't, you can't let I, that fight continue. Part, part of me understands why a lot of people are going out there right now saying the fact of, like, oh, the belt shouldn't have changed hands and stuff. But realistically, what other option is there? Because what are you going to do? Is make the title vacant? That's what I was you can't say. give it back There's to no, Peter Yan. Yeah, and hell no, you can't honesty, give that back to Peter kinda, Yan. This kind of is a path to uh, least resistance, I guess you could say, because it leads directly right into an immediate rematch. Good, and, and that's maybe, what should happen. Yeah, and maybe the UFC wasn't necessarily going to lean that way with the way the fight was playing out. Um, so. Good on good on Al Jermaine in two regards. The fact that he'll get another crack at that belt, and the fact that not only he'll get a crack at the belt, but he's actually the belt holder. So he'll go down, no matter what asterisk or whatever you want to put next to his name. Whenever you list UFC bantamweight champions for the rest of history, Al Jermaine Sterling will be on that list. And say what you will about this fight. But I said it going into this fight that I thought that fight with him versus uh, Corey Sanhagen should have been for the belt. And with that logic, he would have been the champion anyway. So is what it is. He, he's uh, another name on the well-deserved uh, UFC Bantamweight champions list, in my opinion. I agree. But before we get to the rest of the card, there's mm-hmm. still so much to talk about. Oh, absolutely. From Jacksonville and I just couldn't let that. Revolution. I couldn't let that go unsaid. I no couldn't. problem. I got no problem with that. But it was insane, bro. So then, then, then we're getting we're getting over to Sunday. You get to pay per view day. Um, first of all, everything in Jacksonville, that city is so spread out. Like everything really? is about like thirty minutes apart. Okay. Like That's everything, surprising. everything's about thirty minutes apart. In regards of, like, what, the the, the, uh, the different venues or, like, your hotel? Like, the like yeah, like, like, like if you were going to go do something. Like, you know, like, the tattoo shop was 35 minutes from the Airbnb we were in. Well, does that, was, now, was that because of placement from where you guys were? Or was that because necessarily it's maybe, just, like. They even said it themselves. It's, like, everything there is kind of just all spread out. Jacksonville's like, a real spread out city. So, okay. <clears throat> we had our hotel closer to where Daly's place is. We get there. We got there a little bit early, and it was dope. Like, right as we walk in, right as we walk in, um, they're playing Rand's song. Like, right as we walk in, it's on the loud. Perfect timer. Yeah, like, they're playing <laughs> Rand's song, and it was dope. Um, you know, it was, again, it was cool just to hear that. Um, and we were there with the guy from you. Have you ever seen the coats, the nerds coats? They're kind of like the chalk line jackets. And sounds familiar, but I. So the I guy who really the guy who makes all those coats, we were kicking it with him. He was there from New York. Um, okay. So like, dude, we were running into people left and right. Like, like I said, we ran into Swerve, and we were kicking it with him for a little bit. We were obviously Lindsay tattooed me, uh, you know, and then <clears throat> we were gonna link up with Swole too. Um, so, like I said, it was cool in that regard, but then we get in there, and we go up to the will call, and, you know, he's got, you know, his tickets, and we got ours, and like I said, man, it was just so cool to be that close to it. Like, if you look at any of the pictures uh, on our Instagram, again, follow us at KO3CPod, you can see all of what I'm saying. Um, 
We were about as close as you could have got to the ring for the exploding barbed wire death mm-hmm. match for all that, short of being on the floor with the talent. Um, <clears throat> what was that? Ex- what was that experience like before you just grazed over that? Because you were in that videos and the clips and stuff that are out on Twitter and stuff that are fucking that. viral, dude. That clip of him. Well, that that view, you weren't kidding. You were roughly about ten feet away from the ring. It looked like. I'd say 20, 30 feet, but yeah. Okay, well, videos are deceiving, so it, it, it looks... I zoomed in a little bit, but I was yeah. as close as you could get short of being a talent. Right. Like, all the talent you had, the heels on one side and the baby faces on another side. We were sitting behind the heels that ironically ended up being sitting right behind the guy who was controlling all the, the pyro. Right. Uh, I remember you telling me... Uh, a little bit of the inside or uh, behind baseball type facts with that. Well, we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about that. But like I said, man, for starters, it was dope to go there because we're like I said, you really couldn't have got much closer. Uh, but yeah, dude. Overall, I thought the show itself, I thought was really good, and that's what sucks because overall the show was good. Um, I thought the ladder match was good. It was cool to see the debut of Ethan Page, although it was kind of funny because it was kind of funny because I'm thinking he just left Impact. Impact and AEW are like partnered up at this point, so like he didn't really go too far. <laughs> but but then again, he's on his own now, though, where That's he's right. been part of the North. Uh, which was a great tag team in Impact. They were multi-time champions. They're a damn good tag team. So, but so for him to be back on his own now is uh, is going to be interesting, and I think he'll do re- very well. Um, but that ladder match, that ladder match was pretty good. Uh, Cody Rhodes goes out pretty early in the match. Uh, they were saying he had dislocated his shoulder or something like that. Comes back in, does the rest of the match, and, uh, you know, you had, um, you had quite the, you had quite the roster of guys in there, and then Scorpio Sky, a guy who, hot damn, I've been saying for so long that this dude needed to be, to get a shot. I mean, that he's an athlete. When he's gotten on the mic, the man can talk, and he couldn't be a cooler guy. Like, I met him in Chicago when we were at StarCast 3. As you can see in the picture, if you're watching this on YouTube, yes, it's not up there on the Facebook is Facebook yet. But, the um, like I said, it couldn't happen to a better guy. So, for him to get the win, it was dope. I honestly kind of thought Ethan Page might get it with him being the new guy in there, but he came in and took some nasty bumps and got right to it. So, it wasn't like he came in and they were babying him because he's the new guy or whatever, you know, whatever the case is. Um, It was, uh, like I said, good match. Uh, The Jungle, the Jurassic Express match with uh, the Jurassic Express, Press match was good. The tag team battle royal with the tag the tag team battle royal. I feel like it kind of like even though they say they're very uh, tag team oriented, I just felt like maybe there were some other tag teams that should have been in there. 
And that's kind of the problem when you have, like, where if you watch AEW, you know, <clears throat> like Jericho's had all the different incarnations of tag teams with him. Like, um, we saw a couple different teams from the Dark Order, which um, Stu, Stu Grayson and Evil Uno, I want to see more of these guys. Because, like I said, anyone that's ever watched them, those guys are fun to watch. Uh, it was good to see them in there. Uh, you saw Austin Gunn and Colton Gunn, Billy Gunn's sons, were in there. Um, a lot of good teams, and ultimately Pac and Phoenix won. I like this Death Triangle um, team that they've got. Pentagon was in the uh, face of the Revolution ladder match. That's why he wasn't with Phoenix. But Pac and uh, Phoenix won, which means they're going to get a tag team title shot. Um, Again, that was pretty good, too. But it just sucks because, as you as you heard, if you listen to Busted Open, I fully admit that somewhere I, I listen to those guys every day, Dave LaGreca and Bully Ray. And um, the one thing that was resounding on Twitter, if you watched this show, was the fact that there's two things that people were talking about that night. We weren't talking about all the dope matches that happened. There were some duds, but there are on a lot of cards. Yeah, I mean, pretty much any, every major card has, you know, has their faults. But, I mean, all in all, I mean, it was a roller coaster ride. Um, even before before I get to the main event, man, Sting's match. Sting's match. They did such a good job with that. They played that on the screen for those of us who were there live because uh, that was when they were setting up the ring for the barbed wire match. And uh, production-wise, it was so dope. Um, it really was well done. I liked what Sting did. Brian Cage, who you can see the link right there if you're watching on YouTube or if you guys are following us on Facebook, the link to our YouTube is in there as well. We got to interview him at Warrior Wrestling last June. Um Brian Cage showed why he is called the fucking machine. This man picked Darby Allen up in a full suplex. So picked him up, uh, you know, picked up suplex, carried him up the stairs in a fucking suplex. Held the man up there, like straight vertical suplex, all the way up a, a flight of stairs. That's got to be easy to do, huh? Yeah, sure. I, I, I just do that to get ready in the morning. Right. I, pick the dog that's, that's my... I pick the dog up on my way to work. Oh, shit, let me get my shoulder workout in. Yeah, the fuck right. Right? Like, that man is a savage. I hope we see him get a run with the world title at some point. Brian Cage is a fucking machine, like he says. Uh, but, yeah, all in all, man, the, uh, the production of it was so – go ahead. I was just going to ask, because it seemed like you had kind of done most of the rap on, like, the details of the card. Why do you think it just didn't live up to people's expectations? I mean, Here's why. Like I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it because it's because it wasn't the match itself. It's right. the fact that that, and it was a cinematic match, meaning they are, it was pre-taped. You know, it was yeah. in, like, a beaten-down warehouse, and, like, when Sting and Darby Allen came in, there were, like, two lines of guys that all had Sting paint on. And uh, the the problem with it, they had four guys on commentary in there. If they're, oh, Lord. If, they're if they're here's the thing: if you're fighting in an abandoned building, 
I don't fucking want to hear nobody talking. Let me hear the action. You know what I mean? Or at least have somebody maybe like talk one or two guys talk over the background, not four competing for mic time over the uh, over the action. Right, and from everything I could see from the clips from the commentary, again, obviously I was there to ring the bell, but you know I didn't get to hear that live. But you had Taz on commentary, which, mind you, Brian Cage and Ricky Starks are Team Taz. So it's like, like I said, as far as the match itself, production quality, um, cool spots. Like, dude, they had a a spot where he fucking flung him through a glass window and shit. Like, threw him through a – they had this giant – window pane sitting there, and they just tossed his ass back back first through it. And like I said, stuff like the suplex thing. Um, Sting had quite a few cool things in there. But it, it, looked, it looked like he was able to take uh, some of the bumps and bruises pretty well. I haven't heard anything necessarily come out after the fact of him being bumped up too bad or anything Oh, like man. That, so. I mean, like I said, the match itself, I, I enjoyed it. Watching it without the commentary, I enjoyed it. The commentary was that bad for you, though. Huh? You I didn't hear, it. but I'm saying I've only seen the clips of it because I yeah. I was there. So, but I'm saying that's been the number one criticism of that match was everybody didn't like the commentary because mm-hmm. they said the reason why they didn't like it is because with all of them talking, it made it distracting. Absolutely. When have you, got, have you, you so you haven't went back and watched the card with all the commentary yet, then? No. No. No, but like I said, that was the number one criticism when it came to the uh, the street fight with uh, Ricky Starks and Brian Cage and Sting and Darby Allen. But like I said, it was – I enjoyed it. Like I said, I enjoyed uh, the match. I just, like I said, all I've heard is about the commentary issues. And anybody who's watching, please feel free to uh, – let us know what you think of the commentary, and if so, if you watched it, if it bothered you. Um, the so, and then here's the other thing. So you had the um, you had obviously they had the big announcement. There was supposed to be a big signing. The signing ended up being Christian or Christian Cage. Um, I personally, as a '90s kid. I'm not mad at seeing Christian there. I do think it was cool that they brought him in, being that he was just in the Royal Rumble for WWE last month. Yeah, um, that's a very quick turnaround, too. Right, but at the same time, it's like, it's again, the way they hyped it versus what they were able to deliver is where the issue is. Because yeah. Tony Khan got on multiple things, and on Busted Open, he was talking about how uh, it's one of his three favorite superstars, and, you know, it's a Hall of Fame quality uh, caliber talent, and all of those things are true. I'm not denying any of that, but I think with the way they hyped it up and the way the internet is, uh, the way the internet is, you know, it just added gasoline, and then and then everybody's all, oh, my God, who is it? Is it Brock Lesnar? Is it CM Punk? Is it, you know? How, how about Kurt Angle 
Kurt Angle, that was the other name I was going to say. Kurt Angle trolling the whole wrestling world. He's trolling like a son of a bitch, and I don't blame him. Because you're talking about him, aren't you? I am so here for it. It made me laugh so hard because I seen the video, right? And I was like, okay, Kurt Angle, my man's coming out of retirement. He's got the gold gold medal coming around his neck. He's he's here. He's ready for it. And then it wasn't the the signing, and I'm like, Oh, I see what you did over there, Kurt. I see what you did. You just want to keep your name going and circulating. And like you said, what a better way to do it. it was like are, a 30, are you not talking? Are we not talking about it right now? Yeah, it was like a 30-second promo video, but man, did it hit nail on the head. You know, it was. It couldn't have been better. Yeah, man. It's like I said. So, I mean. I think that was the only; those were the only names that were going to really satisfy the hype that was created. And I don't think that that's all AEW's fault. But well, I mean, is AEW going about this the right way with trying to build up older stars just no. to draw in an audience? Well, because I feel the like thing. they did, I feel like they get they brought in a lot of attention with like the Big Show and stuff like that, who they just brought in as well. But at the same point, it kind of goes along. Not to necessarily relate it to something else, but to kind of relate it to what I know. There's a reason why Bellator kind of keeps itself in that B class. is because they just end up signing a lot of people who were famous in another industry or another organization and now try to generate hype off of what they used to be somewhere else. Here's so the thing. Like, With Christian, Christian brings a lot of value. Christian mm-hmm. brings a lot of value to their locker room, too. Because you got to yeah. remember, this guy's done it all. Yeah. There ain't nothing that that guy ain't done. Been world champion, been multi-time tag team champion, going to be a Hall of Famer. I mean, dude, there's not – I mean, look, there's not really anything you can say. Is there? But here's the thing. It's the same problem that people would say when TNA was around. They would call it WWE Lite because right. they had a lot of old WWE guys there. Now, again, I am not mad at all being a 90s kid seeing Christian in there. But I feel yeah. like you have to be careful of. You don't want to oversaturate yourself and get overconnected right. with a different market, essentially. And then you you end up losing the ability to be associated as yourself compared to being associated with somebody else every time the thought comes up of you. So. Right. That's why I brought that up is because you definitely don't want to go that route. I mean, that's that's been notoriously an issue with Bellator, and they're starting to get better with building their homegrown talent. But it, I kind of see it in the same same path. Like, they're trying to be that legitimate number two and possibly even try to work their way into taking a number one slot. But the way to do that is to build homegrown talent that has... And, I mean, they've got guys there like Scorpio Sky, who I just talked about winning the face of the Revolution match. You know, you've got... I mean, there's other guys there like Jungle Boy, who you can make. I mean, like I say, I mean, they've got guys. It's just... they And there's nothing wrong with bringing in guys who... There's nothing wrong with... Who have that star value. It makes people talk. But, again... Yeah. You gotta it's the same thing with WWE, right? Like if WWE screwed up, the internet would eat them alive. They do all the time. Look at how everybody's been talking about Raw for the last year and a half. 
to longer than that. Longer than like that. I'm just saying this yeah. whole pandemic, people have been talking about how bad Raw has been. So, I mean, when you look at that, and then AEW's taking shots at it, you got to deliver. Yeah. And, I mean, that's – and then and then that's got – that gets to the main event. Now, before I get to the finish and what happened, the match itself was dope. Like, the match itself was dope. I'm not mad at what happened on the in-betweens of the match or the, the body of the match itself. Um, there were a few things that really didn't make sense to me, and I – when me and Derek and Mega Ran were sitting there, I looked at them and said the same thing. Like, when you see a traditional exploding barbed wire death match, the ropes are completely gone. It's all barbed wire. And they had the ropes, but had barbed wire all around them. And then, like, the when you, so if you're coming down from the entranceway, those ropes, when you first get in, looked like there wasn't barbed wire so that you could get, so you could get in the ring. So a couple of those things were a little bit when it when they were first setting it up. I'm like, what? Why? Okay. And, but the body of the match was dope, as you can see from the clips that are on our Twitter and on our Instagram and things like that, dude. It was cool. It was dope. But then you get towards the end of the match, and Kenny and Moxley are bleeding like a damn sieve, and are all beaten to hell, and here come the good brothers, uh, Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows, come down there and beat the dog shit out of them, and then Kenny finally gets the one-winged angel and uh, pins him, one, two, three, but then they beat the hell out of Mox for like ten minutes after that, which is why I wonder if maybe it went shorter than it was supposed to, because, man, they were beating the shit out of him for a while. And then... I mean, seriously, it was, if you watch it, it was a good, I mean, it might not have been 10 minutes, but it was a good few minutes, man, where they were beating him up for a minute. Finally, remember, you were watching Full Gear with me. Eddie Kingston, of all people, comes out to come save him, and they were beating the hell out of each other, you know, but because that used to be his homie, he came out, made the save, and then here comes the big uh, time clock. For the final explosion, which I didn't understand it because he had already won the match, but they had they handcuffed Mox to the ropes, at, or they were trying to handcuff him to the ropes. Eddie Kingston comes out and makes the save, covers him up because it's supposed to blow because the cl- the clock's going down, and then the sparklers go out, and then no explosion, and. Uh, God bless Eddie Kingston, you know, trying to to sell it. But, man, I just – I felt so bad because, I mean, think about that if you're Moxley, right? You just beat the living dog shit out of yourself for 30 minutes. Yeah. You've got this big, story-driven, climactic – you know when we talk about a story in a match, that's the story. He's getting the hell beat out of him, and who the hell comes to come save him? It's Eddie Kingston. And and then the explosion, which was supposed to make the whole thing, didn't happen. And it sucked because, you know, like I said, I was there with Lindsay getting my tattoo, and she had said she saw the run-through and said how dope it was. But, you know, like, 
it just was such a bummer because, you know, at the end of the day, it's like we always talk about when it comes to fights. You can win four rounds out of a fight, and then a guy knocks your ass out or catches you in a choke. Or in this case, you can have a great card start to finish, but the main reason people are watching that is to see, is to see, uh, you know, the exploding barbed wire death match, and there was no boom. Yeah, kind of. You could see even like um, the referee was in there. He was like expecting the bang when it was when things started to go off. He's, he's jumping in the air, and it's like. Um, well, because you got to remember, um, there's there's story to it. Because like the referee um, was connected to that story too, because he came up through the Indies with them too. They talked about that leading up to the Eddie Kingston match. So like, again, if that boom would have worked, the story that they put together, you got Remsburg as the ref, and he came up there, came up with them. You got Eddie Kingston and Moxley. You know, you know. Moxley and Omega just beat the dog shit out of each other. And then who comes to make the save but his homie Eddie Kingston, like I said, the story of it would have been fire. But, I mean, at the end of the day, the point I'm making is people remember the finish. And it it sucks because it's not necessarily on the athletes or anything that they did. That ain't got nothing to do with the guys in the ring because they did a damn good job. It's just a, it's they just, did a damn good job, dude. Like the nature of production, had, sometimes, especially when you're doing things live, it always it doesn't always go uh, as planned, and unfortunately, that's another case of that, you know. And it just uh, sucks because it's like all that hard work that was put in leading up to it. It's almost like it's all for naught because what right. people are going to remember is that that didn't blow. Unfortunately, that's that's going to be the yeah. that's going to be the sad truth of it. Um. So I, I'm interested to see what happens here on AEW Dynamite. I mean, Tony Tony Khan came out and said, you know, uh, Kenny's plan didn't work and all this good stuff. Excuse me, ladies and gents, I'm just charging the, the old laptop here. But uh, like I say, man, he tried to do the best he could to cover it. And Moxley, after the show, which if you check out our Instagram, we got footage of the, uh, you know, what Mox said after the, you know, after the pay-per-view. And he's like, you know, Kenny Omega, he's a tough son of a bitch, but he can't build an exploding barbed wire ring for shit. <laughs> and so, mm-hmm. like, they, you know, they did the only thing they could do and made fun of themselves. Yeah. I mean, that's really all you can do because you know it's going to be spread amongst the uh, wrestling world, that's for sure. That, that The dud of the night, I guess you could call it, you know. And that's the thing. I hate to say it, man, but, I mean, it it is what it is. I mean, you know, ultimately that's what you promised. That's what you were building the whole thing on. And, it, and it's funny, too, because it just so happens to happen at one of the first events where they happen to have, like, a fairly decent fan base back. So, like, normally you might have had some ability to maybe be on, like, a, you know, some type of tape delay in the live recording or something like that where you could have sent it out in a different way or somehow edited it to make it look like it 
wasn't necessarily the case, but because there was fans oh, there and so everything going. We talked play. about that, right? Like, me and Mega Ran and Derek were talking about it. We were like, dang. I mean, obviously, they didn't know the boom wasn't going to work. Right. Or they would – I'm sure they would have, you know, planned accordingly. But we were like, dang, man. Like, when it didn't come up – when the sparklers started to come up and you realized the boom wasn't going to come, why didn't you just fade right to black? So you're wondering, oh, shit. What happened, man? What happened? But, I mean, really, I mean, I, I, I just – I got I feel so bad for the guys in the ring. Yeah. You got to, you know, because like I said, it, it's no fault of their own, but at the same point, you know. And like I said, the story it. was great. Mm-hmm. The story was great. They did everything. I mean, like they did everything they could, minus some of the things we said. Like I said, I would have liked to seen some different things with the ring or whatever. But, I mean, if we're talking about just the match and the story that they tried to put together with that, dude, mm-hmm. that would have been great. Think about that. He's laying over top of him and three, two, one, boom. And you go off the air? Yeah. Be an interesting way to end it. That's for damn sure. You'd have you people know. talking, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Social it's media would have went nuts. Yeah. It definitely would have. It's funny how that's the type of stuff anymore that don't get the clickbait, but absolutely that would have. Well, I mean, look at that right. clip that we posted, bro. That clip had 3,000 views within 20 minutes of me posting it. Yeah, people were people were interested. It was blowing up. Uh, it's trending all over Twitter. I noticed because every time I post about uh, UFC the night before, people were uh, tagging it. It was in trending, even even before the night of the actual event. So people were definitely hyped for it, and that's it's unfortunate. Like you said, that it just didn't live up to the uh, expectations. Yeah, it's were, not saying hanging. that the show was bad, right? I'm not at all saying the show was bad. By no means am I saying it's bad, but you got to call it what it is, man. With that explosion not happening the way it was supposed to, yeah, that really, put a big damper on it. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, with some of the matches shining through and some of them not as much earlier in the night, it kind of – at least you hope on nights like that that you have, like, a big shining star at the end to kind of – Put the cap on it. Well, and, and that's when not it, to say that the matches goes, were bad, you know. No, like they were. It was just a mixed bag, you know. There was good yeah. and there was there was mixed, you know. And like I said, on those type of nights, you just hope uh, <clears throat> you hope that the the one at the end of the night kind of makes up for it all. I guess you could say. And I mean, um, you couldn't have teed it up for anything better. I mean, for an exploding barbed wire death right. match, I mean, that could have, I mean, if that would have worked the way it's supposed to, I mean, I would imagine that's, that's got to be about the biggest cherry on top you could have possibly. See, and I, all right, not to jump right into the UFC events, but I feel like that was kind of the complete opposite of what we've seen with those is the fact that the prelims, even the early prelims were absolutely amazing throughout. Oh, yeah. And then, and then you get to the main card. And you had Alexander Rakic and Tiago Moises kind of play games with each other. And then you had, or Santos, Tiago Santos, I don't know why I said Moises. Um, then you make it your way into the uh, Islam Makhlchev, uh Drew Dober fight. And you see uh, Drew Dober with uh, next to no takedown defense, unfortunately. And we, we've seen a lackluster kind of performance on that, in that fight. Because it, it seemed like Islam wasn't necessarily chasing the finish enough for somebody who was as dominant looking as as he was. 
it was like, if you're this good and able to get yourself to this position so easily, why aren't you able to advance it or at least try to mix in a little more ground and pound well, to advance towards the finish, you know? So it's that was like, the part that didn't make sense to me. I wasn't mad that he didn't get a finish, but he didn't even try to do any ground and pound or – he didn't try to advance. He got to half guard and sat there because he knew it was the easiest position to control from, which I guess I get. I completely get. You're trying to win the fight, not necessarily win the fans. He's not trying to get whatever, style but, points, but I'm. But I mean, they're they're touting this guy as the next Khabib. That wasn't the next Khabib, let me tell you. No, but it was absolutely a dominant fight against a very legitimate 155 contender who needs to work on his wrestling defense. Sure. I'm, <laughs> I'm not saying that he didn't look good. I'm just saying I that's mean, not – And then, like I was saying – That's not a statement performance. Like I was saying earlier in the show, and then you, you lead those into the title fights, right? So I'm thinking, here I am going in from these amazing early prelims to these amazing prelims into a mediocre first <laughs> two fights, and I'm like, okay, here's what I've been waiting for for weeks. Three-fight main card pay-per-view. Here we go. Big time. And then, honestly, I mean, with, with the, the way that uh, Bantamweight fight ended, uh, there was just, it really took the the fight out of me for the night, I guess you could say. And I think it did go, for a lot of people because then you got to the Nunez fight and she and just, it was just blew her shit out and, like, how fast did she submit her? Oh, I think it was two minutes in, roughly. And, it, and the two minutes before that was just complete dominance. It looked like Megan Anderson had absolutely nothing for uh, Nunez at all. And it's just it's very unfortunate in that regard, absolutely. Yeah, man, it, like I say, it's... I don't even know how else to put it. It that it took the wind out of the sails. Then you had the Megan Anderson Nunez fight. Like I said, she absolutely dominated her. Then you get to the main event, and I mean, it wasn't a bad fight, but realistically, bro, the realistically, bro, it wasn't it the most entertaining fight. It didn't live up to expectations. You you were thinking either Jan was gonna win. And he was, or not, yeah, these Russian and Polish names. You you were thinking that uh, Blachowicz was going to go in there and either get a knockout, catch catch Izzy slipping, or Izzy was going to do what he's done to everybody else on his climb into this point position, which was just get a ripping, flipping, quick, you know, hooking shot. You thought he was going to catch him, but again, you know, if you remember before this fight, what did I say? I said this whole fight was going to depend on how Jan fought. I said well, if we Jan, were, we were both saying that. I know, but I was saying if Jan didn't blitz him, I didn't know how much of a chance Izzy was going to have knocking him out because most of Izzy's knockouts he catches guys when they come in crazy or he catches them on a counter shot. Not saying that he couldn't set him up, but with the way that Jan fights, if he came in and blitzed him, I think there's much more of a chance that he might have gotten knocked out. Yeah, absolutely. And so with that and the fact that he got to take him down and all that, I feel like there wasn't really – I don't know, there wasn't – It wasn't the most action-packed fight, especially being the fact that it was a striker – two strikers fighting in a striking battle. 
you would think that Izzy would have found a way to either take control or Jan would have landed one of those, you know, I should be patented at this point, Polish power bombs. And it just, it didn't play out that way. And then, like you said, with Jan being in the last couple of rounds, just kind of controlling him to get the finish, it was, it was not the finish, but the, this, the unanimous, unanimous decision. It was, uh, not what I was expecting. I think not a lot of us uh, fans were expecting that. But sometimes that's how those pay-per-view plan, you know, that's the, how they play out from time to time, unfortunately. Like I say, I mean, all in all, I mean, the prelims more than made up for it. But we've got another banger of a card coming at the end of this month. You've got Stipe and Ganu. I can't wait to see that card. I can't wait to see those fights. There's plenty to talk yeah. about there. Um we're getting towards the end of our time here. Um, make sure you guys stay on stay on, and make sure, again, you hit that subscribe button because, like I said, I just got some dope ink from the American Kaiju, Lindsey Snow. And, uh, hey, I'm going to just say this might be coming to a T-shirt near you real soon. Uh, but, like I said, we're going to be bringing out our video of the whole tattoo experience you're going to get to see her do the tattoo and a little bit of a time lapse thing so like i say make sure you hit that subscribe button you can check out the whole thing we talked with Lindsay about an injury update seeing how her knee was doing uh we got her thoughts on some of the fights and like i said we were watching the ufc as um i got tattooed so here's some of our live thoughts as we were watching the fights and uh just come kick it have a good time let us know what you think and uh if you look at our instagram let me know what you think of that tattoo and uh, as always, we will be back here this Thursday, 9 p.m. You know the place. You know the time. Corey, is it too early to say that can I just go back to Jacksonville or do something again this weekend? It is. It is, especially seeing how it's been entirely too long since I've been able to do anything for that matter. Excuse me, sir. You, you were invited. In invitation and uh, money lining up in the shortest in the shortest month of the year are two completely different things. I'm not for, any, for any of my fellow grinders out there worrying about mortgage and everything every week. Keep it up. We can do it. This I ain't mad at you, bro. Soon. I'm just saying it's not because <laughs> I didn't. It's not because you weren't invited. No, I know. And for Look everybody here. out there, I'm putting this out in the ether right now. Me, Megaran, and Derek were talking about it in uh, in Florida. I told them that they need to fly out, and we need to go check out one of the Warrior Wrestling Stadium Series shows that's going to be in Chicago in the month of June. I okay. went last year. It was one of the coolest shows that I've been to. It was cool. It was socially distanced. Everybody was spaced out. Good weather. Chicago's got plenty to do. Hopefully it'll be opened up more by then, and there will probably be other shows surrounding it. Last time we were there, we got to interview Filthy Tom Lawler and Brian Cage when we were there. So who knows just what the hell we're going to get into come Chicago. And if you're adding Mega Ran and Derek with me, sounds like a good time. So, Corey, you don't got no excuses. Well, Chicago is just a good old drive away, so I can't I can't complain about that too bad. You know what I mean? Right, and their tickets aren't that expensive. And like I said, they showed mad love last year and really hooked it up. So I'm going to need you to come out the Hermit House 
and come check out Warrior Wrestling with us. But the but the wood walls are treating me so great. How am I supposed to ever leave? Get out and see the world, my friend. You'll enjoy it. And until next time and in the in-between time, make sure you check us out next this Thursday at 9 p.m. And if you haven't already done so, peep the Bloodsport shirt here. Check out Bloodsport. Check out past guests of the show, Nolan Edward and Filthy Tom, and be here this Thursday at 9 p.m. Peace.